It's time for the 32081 Scoreboard Show. Let's recap the latest weekly scores and highlights from around the county. And welcome to week two of the 32081 Scoreboard Show. I'm the Todd, and we have a very special guest starting off our show today, and that is Gabby from the Pantherettes. Hi, Gabby. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having me. Gabby, a lot of people don't know about all the hard work and competitions, and especially that has a cost with it. And I know you're coming on because businesses can sponsor the Pantherettes for only $100, and it goes a long way. Could you share with the audience and potential sponsors what that money goes to to help the Pantherettes with throughout the season? Yeah, of course. So all the sponsorship money actually goes to competition fees, so for our entries and usually like hotels and transportation to those different competitions. And then we also use the sponsorship money for choreography, equipment, and our uniforms and costumes. Yeah, I don't, don't think a lot of people knew that because I didn't know that. So, but, um, and I want to tell you, you guys are awesome to watch. My wife and I were talking about when we were at the game the other night. You guys are really, really good. And I'm kind of, I want to ask you as a senior, What's the atmosphere from your perspective on the field, what it's like to be at Nice on a Friday night, and do you think that everyone should come out and experience it and see for themselves and watch the Pantherettes in action? Yes, so on the sidelines, I just look out into usually the student section or even the parent section, and the energy is always just at 110%. It's just full of life. There's just no negative energy coming from anyone. Everyone is just so hyped up, ready for the game. And I believe that everyone should come out to just experience that, even if it's just one time. FNL is just amazing. It's something, it's like, it's just great. Like, it's just so hyped up. And everyone should come out to watch the game, but also support the Pantherettes because we perform pregame and halftime. And during the game, we'll be on the sidelines dancing to whatever the band plays, or sometimes the speakers will play just regular music. And we're just always moving. Yeah, I heard you kind of pause there for a second. And I think that says it all. It's really hard to find a word to describe how electric the atmosphere is. So with that said, I, I think it's a great opportunity for a business for a very low amount for $100 to sponsor the Pantherettes. Like I said, you guys are fantastic. And the, the money goes to a very good cause. So if a business is interested after hearing this and wants to support you and the Pantherettes for only $100, how should they get in touch with you? So any business or actually it doesn't even have to be a business at all. It could be anyone willing to um, support the dance team and donate that $100. We can put your name on the back of the t-shirt along with other businesses that do donate. You can shoot out a text to actually my mom's phone number. It's 954-646-5530. And you can just go ahead and shoot out a text saying, I'd like to donate and she'll send you the paperwork in order to get your donation through. Oh, so even if it's not a business, if a family wants to, to sponsor you, they could sponsor $100 and maybe have their family name on the back of your shirt. Yep, 100%. Oh, that's cool. Well, Gabby, thanks for coming on, and we look forward to seeing you perform along with the other Pantherettes on the sideline, and we hope that you get a lot of support here for only $100 from the community. But before you go, can you give my co-host a great Pantherette introduction for me? Yes, sir. And now... Joining the 32081 scoreboard, the Pantherettes' favorite local sports reporter, Anthony Richards. Well, thank you, Gabby. And what do you think about that special intro there for you, Anthony? Oh, that, that's great. Yeah, always nice to, uh, I'm always nice, to, you know, happy to support uh, the uh, athletes, uh, the programs, anyone around the program, uh, you know, of our local uh, 
local programs always need to see the cool things people are doing. And, 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 you know, I gotta say, I think I agree with Gabby with the fact that even when or lost, the den is a place to be on a Friday night. There's no doubt. It's just electric. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, despite the score, like they were there till the end, like the students were standing, they were shouting and, uh, it was the atmosphere. It, it remains regardless of, uh, the score, you know? So let's talk about that game. Second, let's start off with Ponte Vedra and Florida state university high school. Now, we talked last week about Ponte Vedra and the difficulty for them in any school having to take a two-and-a-half-hour drive down I-10 to play any high school. And they go into this game losing last year to Florida State University High School here in, in Ponte Vedra. Now, I don't know if you agree or disagree here, but to me it turned into kind of like a redemption game. We want to get the win. But it also turned into a statement game by them pulling out a one-point victory in the final minute of the game. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that – you know, you always want to win when you go out out west. You know, the long trip on I ten. You know, it makes the, the the trip back on the bus a lot a lot smoother, a lot easier. Everyone's smiling and, and cracking up, and that, I'm sure that was a pretty uh pretty fun bus ride back. But yeah, no, definitely a definitely a huge uh, measuring stick game for sure. Uh, I think the Sharks knew that going in, and and now you come back and you're not zero and two, and but you're one and one, and you feel like, hey, we led Bartram ten seven and half last week. We could easily be two and zero sitting here going into a bye week at two and zero. You know, feeling really good about ourselves. Now, something else interesting also was that I'm just going to call them FSU from right now. FSU, HS, <laughs> something, because that's just too long to say. But last year, they had the advantage of 369 yards to 273 complete yards over Ponte Vedra. However, this year, Ponte Vedra turned the tables on them and, com- and had a combined 378 total offensive yards. 159 rushing to 219 yards passing. Is this Ponte Vedra Sharks team starting to find a balance between the run and the pass? I think they are. I mean, because I know Brian Case, you know, had a touchdown run. He had a lot of uh, nice runs. He was a big part of the dri- of their, you know, success and their drives at times. I know Cole Madsen had nine catches for 135. So, I mean, if he gets going along with Ryan Smith, that's a pretty dynamic tandem out wide. And uh, obviously in this game, they also did a much better job of protecting Ben Burke. So he actually had some time to look down the field and, and find those targets, you know, find those weapons. Um, so I – I think all of all around, you know, the offense. I think this is what the Sharks were talking about during the offseason, That this is what they want the offense to look like in in year three with Steve Price. This is the year, you know, where you take that next big, not just a little step, but a big leap forward in terms of offensive, you know, stats and production. And uh, you know, obviously, week one was a little disappointing. It was a little slower out of the gate than they wanted, but I think it all clicked. And this is what happens when you see it start to click. And uh, this is a, a good sign moving forward for these guys. You know, since you mentioned Cole Madsen, I do want to say this. It's, you know, we talked about the chemistry between Nate Harry and Maddox Spencer over at Nice, and it seems like Cole Madsen and Ben Burke are starting to find that chemistry also because those two had a heck of a game in the air against FSUHS. Yeah, I mean, yeah for sure. And it's, it's pretty special, isn't it, when uh, mm-hmm. you get those guys that are, you know, they're uh, kind of best buds off the field. They also are receiver quarterback, which is a very – you know, those guys have to be on, you know, in sync. Like, if they're not, the offense – and the team, you know, it shows it. It starts to suffer, you know, because that chemistry has to be there. Um, and it's fun when that we have both, uh, you know, two two schools that are just really seeming to know where each other is going to be at. They know their routes. They know the route tree. And like, it's just it's it's clicking. It's running smooth. And it's I'm I'm looking forward to just seeing that growth. I mean, we're only two weeks in, and, we, and they've already established that connection. So I'm, I can't wait to to see how many more 100-plus yard games are in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Now, flipping to the other side of the ball, Anthony, 
the defense at the Ponte Vitra Sharks, they've got some family ties. You've got the Babin boys who combined for 14 tackles on Friday night, and you got the Greco boys accounting for five. But here's what also was interesting. You had 19 total players registering tackles and nine pass defenses. Three of them were by senior Joseph Mahoney and also fumble recovery. And looking at those numbers, especially with the number of, of uh, players that got involved in tackles, this defense seems to be ball hawks. I mean, they just seem to be just flying towards the ball and everyone making plays. And I'm sure that was a big part of Friday night's victory. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they've got a – I mean, they've got – playmakers all levels of the defense and they all play together so the d-line you know feeds the linebackers and then they feed to the secondary and you know if the linebackers miss something they know the secondary has them covered you know i mean it's just it's it's just transitional you know the the different levels and all and uh obviously you know having family members on the team helps you know that i'm you've got this just natural built-in cohesion you know and understanding but uh yeah and joe mahoney is really a guy that i've i've been looking at the last couple of years and you can see the growth and this year, it just seems like he's he's got you know a, a mega senior year lined up. It seems like every week he's covering. Like this week, it was a four-star Clemson commit that he's covering, and he just pretty much sticks with him for most of the game. You know, like he gets his catches, but for the most part, Joe's there just hanging tight with him and making life very very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a heck of a job back there, and this was a great win by Pontevedra. Now. They host Middleburg at the tank, and some people might say this could be a trap game after coming off such a big victory against FSUHS. Last week, Middleburg lost to Hawthorne 26-7. Now, while some people might say this might be a trap game coming off a big game, I personally like Pontevedra in this one. I think they are going to keep the team focused. I think the coaches are going to have them ready to go. And I will not be surprised. I'm going to say that Pontevedra is going to cross the 30-point mark on offense. So how do you feel about this game? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I expect the offense to just continue to build. You know, um, I think uh, you know Middleburg is known for having kind of a gritty team, uh, you know, defensive wise and all. But I think that the the Sharks keep clicking like they're doing. I I don't see anything but an upward trajectory. You know, and and so Middleburg is just happens to be the next opponent on the schedule. I, I don't you know see him kind of see him having a hard time slowing slowing the Sharks team down if they can continue this uh, momentum that they're on. So let's switch on over to the uh, Nice Creekside game. And I know you were at that one with uh, Panavidra being in Tallahassee. You didn't have to do double duty like last week. Now, Creekside came in winning five in a row, and they ended up walking away with a 51-23 win. But let's look at some of the highlights. And I think one of the biggest highlights, we've mentioned them earlier in the show, we talked about them last week, was Maddox Spencer. And I don't think we can say enough about this kid. Because you said last week, and like I said earlier, that they have some chemistry between him and Nate Harry. But here's the thing. I think in looking at this, if Harry can just get Spencer the ball, fun things will happen. I mean, he ended up, according to me, 14 of 18, 282 yards. And here's what was really shocking about this. 154 of his 282 yards came after the catch. I mean, this kid is a playmaker. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh... – yeah, he's uh yeah, he's something special for sure. And, and and to like think, okay, he's only a junior. So like he's I mean, he's still he's still got a lot of development to go. And it just seems like a natural he just has this natural gift uh, of finding the holes in the defense and then like you said, catching the ball and then doing something with it, not just catching it and kind of getting your 6 or 8 yards, you know, he, I mean, he catches it and he gets upfield quick and then he makes guys miss. It's I mean, I wouldn't want to be in the secondary tackling him. I I remember I, I was in the, during the game there was a a sec uh, secondary member coming from Creekside, like he had him lined up along the sideline. All of a sudden, Maddox just kind of stops, steps back, 
and the guy just got complete air. Like he didn't, I mean, he completely missed him. And then Maddox ends up getting upfield for like an additional 10, 15 yards. It was, I mean, it's just those slick moves like that. You just can't teach. It's kind of very instinctive. It's just a natural gift he has. Now, speaking about the offense, do you, I mean, the difference between when they played Jackson and then when you look at them play against Creekside, do you think they're still trying to find their identity or do you think it's just the nature of the beast with the game? Because they did try to rag, I mean, they did try to start off the game rushing and it just wasn't that effective. I'll talk about in a second. But when you look at the change in a heavy run week with Jackson, the offense was held just to 45 yards on the ground, yet they were able to rack up 331 yards in the air with 199 coming after the catch. So do you think it was just the nature of the fact that they started out, they tried the two series to, to, to run the ball, it wasn't effective against that Creekside creek line, so they kind of moved to the to getting the ball to Braden Felder, Maddox Spencer, and getting those yards after the catch and moving the ball that way? Or do you think they're still trying to find that balance? I think it's probably a little bit of a, a combination. I think that they they're, obviously they're still trying to find their balance a couple of weeks in and they're trying to kind of – I think they have an idea of the offense that they should be, you know, with the, with the playmakers and the type of players that they have. But they're still trying to kind of fit all that in. You know, and the Cam Smith injury kind of – didn't help that. Now yeah, you're I was going to talk about that because Cam's got to yeah, affect yeah. that, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, but overall, like you know, I think you know the Creekside game. I think they they did show lots of positive signs, like you know Maddox getting him the ball. The passing game did look, you know, a little more effective than it did against Jackson. So I think there is certain positivity to take from the Creekside game. I think like the Jackson game and the Creekside game, somewhere in between there is kind of the offense that they would like to develop on a consistent basis. And uh, but they're still trying to to find that balance. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and speaking of taking away some good things, you look at a score with 51 points being put up. I actually saw some good things on defense. And some people might say, Todd, you're a little crazy there. But um, and I noticed you kind of read, you know, you wrote about this in your article this week on the Ponte Vita Recorder. And the defense had three interceptions on the evening. K. Papano and Jacob Curry. They almost had identical I mean, almost identical spot on um, interceptions about the two and three yard lines. And then Kareel Carter just had a be- – I mean, he just took the ball away from the receiver. It was an unbelievable mm-hmm. uh, interception. And then Elijah Luckett stepped up with the team to lead the team with nine tackles. And on top of that, the def- I almost forgot that the defense held Sean Astenfelder only to 139 yards in the air. So even with this loss, are you seeing the same type of growth that I'm seeing in the defense and also that we talked about a week ago? I am. I definitely am. I know, like, like, obviously, you look at 51 points and you're like, oh, they couldn't have played a good game. But I think if you were there and you were seeing it, how it kind of how like, you got to those 51 points, I think, you know, it was a lot of big plays. So, like, you eliminate those huge, those big plays, and all of a sudden you make Creekside work a little bit down the field. And I don't think they get to 51. So, um, I mean, I don't know if you, you know, win, but you held them to at least in the, in the 30s or so, you know. And uh, so I, I think, and I, like you said, the secondary is full of, like we were talking about with the Sharks, kind of just, Playmakers, ball hawks. Uh, I know, you know, what Cade and Carrillo, I think they've had, you know, a pick in each of the first two weeks now. So it's, they just seem to have a, a knack for finding the ball in the air, which is, which is good because now, you know, with so many spread offenses and, and teams with these athletic quarterbacks wanting to take shots deep and throw the ball around, you know, those secondary members and their, their confidence level is, uh, it's an important thing to have for a high school defense nowadays. Now, last weekend it was Panavitra having to take a two and a half hour bus ride, and now it's Nice having to go to Davenport, Florida, to play Ridge Community. 
Ridge Community lost last week to Lake Wales. So how do you see this game going for the Panthers uh, bouncing back from Creekside? It's a, it should be an interesting one. You know, Dad, I mean, Ridge is one of those teams that you, you, know, you don't really know, you know, a whole lot about just naturally, you know, being up here and then being kind of, you know, down there. I mean, the, you know, they're in District 8, 4S. Um, they, last year they went uh, six, what, five and four, then six and five the year before. So they're kind of one of those teams as a program where they're, like they're not, they're not bad, but they're always kind of just on the cuff of the playoffs and maybe they don't quite make it, you know, maybe they sneak in. So they're kind of a, you know, they're just one of those teams, you know, um, that they're always, they're always going to be in games. They're always going to be hanging around. Um, but I think they won their first, their first game, you know, like, uh, like by 30 points. And then they lost last week by like 30 points. So it's kind of, they seem like they kind of had this Jekyll and Hyde kind of, thing going uh, so it'll be uh, interesting to see which i guess ridge team shows up uh to when they face uh you know when they face the panthers and then hopefully it's the uh jackal kind of thing that's what we hope for right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah for sure well listen you had a great write-up in uh, the ponte Vedra recorder so i i really tell people to go out there and take a look at that and thanks again anthony for joining us on the show each week we really enjoy it and i guess you will be at ponte Vedra with nice being in davenport this week yes awesome all right, well, listeners, be sure to follow Anthony Richards from the Punta Vida Recorder on X by following at Anti Rich. I like that, Anthony. Uh, Anti Rich. How can anyone yeah, forget yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they can follow you on uh, follow you at, at Anti Rich on X and also at PontaVidaRecorder.com. Also, please like and subscribe to the show on your streaming service of choice. Until next week, for Anthony Richards, I'm the Todd, and thank you for listening to the 32081 Scoreboard Show. Thank you for listening to the 32081. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can join us for the next episode. I never miss an episode. It's the best. Until next time, take care.